0: This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This
1: is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. get this, these who walk away didn't just hear. They didn't just hear a message or hear something happened. They actually saw it with their own eyes. And then they go off and tell the Pharisees. Why would they not believe if they saw it with their own eyes? Here's why. Hardness of heart. Hardness of the human heart. It's the hardness of the human heart That resists and even
0: rejects the idea of an outside will ruling over them. Are you daily listening for the Holy Spirit's voice, for Him to guide you? Well, today Pastor Troy is going to show you that the whole center of Christianity is Christ. It's through His sacrifice that everyone can be saved. And it's Him that we're supposed to live like on this earth. And that looks like asking Him to guide your actions and your thoughts every single day to be like His. So, it's evident to everyone around you that you follow him. People should see Christ in you, and it starts with you living like him. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John, chapter 11, with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock.
1: John, chapter 11, verses 45 through 57. It's been said that we make our choices, but that our choices ultimately make us. Uh, we make a choice. I made it, I decided but the choices that I make lead me a direction and cause me to go a path and have to stand in certain things or do certain things, and they end up making me. Yesterday, there was a group that was there, a very small group, but some of them had to do some community service. And so the one who was leading them came over, and uh, we gave him a hot dog, (laughs) talked to him for a little bit. He said, yeah, uh, sometimes people just make mistakes, I said, yeah, sometimes they just make mistakes, but sometimes they make bad choices. A choice is not a mistake. The results are mistake. I didn't want that, but the choice was intentional. What we've got to stop in order to stop the mistakes, the result, is to stop the choices. we got to start making better choices. And he had a hard time with that one, which may be one of the reasons we have a hard time getting people out of the bad choices. We keep calling it a mistake. Well, when everyone saw and heard that Jesus had raised Lazarus, they had a choice to make with that information, what to do with it. What would this resurrection mean for them? What would it do in the hearts of those who saw it? Lazarus is alive. Everyone can see him on the streets. They can see him hanging out with his sisters, working around the house, eating a meal. So what are they going to do with that information? This one life stood as a testimony now to the power of Jesus, the power and authority of Jesus, sort of like a transformed life. Whenever someone, they've tried AA or they've tried this and they've tried that, they've tried everything they can to change their habits, change their addictions, change these things, but then all of a sudden Christ gets a hold of them. And they're talking about Christ and they're wanting to go to church and they're encouraging others to go to church. And you go, what's happened to you? You've become religious. No, they've been transformed. And now Jesus is at the center of everything because he's leading them. We keep our eyes on Jesus and we do well. And when Jesus is in front of us and our eyes are on him, he's the only one you can talk about. What we talk about is what's been inundating our hearts and our lives. You're watching the news in Israel and this and that. All you're going to share about, did you hear this? Did you hear that? Did you hear? So we talk about and we focus on the things that we're letting in. Well, when Jesus is ever before you, he becomes a subject that comes up a lot. We talk about him, how he's leading, walking by faith, the, the fear that you had when Jesus was leading you in a certain direction. He becomes a centerpiece of your conversations, and he begins to transform and do that transforming work in that person's life. And others look at them, and they go, what has happened to them? And they can say, Jesus. Oh, it was that pastor. No, it was the church. It was that person. No, no. They led me. They were there, but I heard the pastor sort of disappeared, and I heard Jesus talking to me. I don't even know what the pastor was saying at that point. The Lord took something that was said, something that was said that met with something I was thinking, and the Lord pulled me aside, and he began speaking to me. And you have an encounter with him. Speaking of Jesus, James Francis wrote One Solitary Life. He said... I am far within the mark when I say that all the armies that ever marched, all the navies that were ever built, all the parliaments that ever sat, and all the kings that ever reigned put together have not affected the life of man upon this earth as powerfully as that one solitary life. So true, he marches down through every generation. He's alive, and he speaks, and he's transformed. And affected more lives than all those altogether. But see, people are left with a choice. Because his word is here. Because God speaks to the hearts of people. Because the evidence is everywhere. And then there's the evidence of a transformed life. People are left with a choice to make about what to do with that. Well, today we're going to see what happens after Lazarus is raised. We'll see that Jesus has a way of causing division, He has a way of stirring discussion and a way of forcing decisions. All these move people closer to or further from Jesus. There are no fence sitters. You're either moving closer to by your choices or you're hardening, moving further from by the choices that you make. Look at verse 45. Then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him, but some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. First, let's talk about the fact that Jesus causes division, just as we see here. Some believed, embraced, celebrated with. Others go, I've got to go tell. I've got to go tell the religious leader, the Pharisees, something has happened here. Some of them believed, but others told the Pharisees, and it implies that they did not believe, but it was like a telling on them. Telling what happened, oh no, hey, that guy that we're trying to put away, he just had something happen over there. He did something, and it's not going to help our cause much. This is the way it always works. Words come from the pulpit, or we see something, and two people can see and hear the same exact things, but receive them completely different. It's a matter of where our heart is. We'll talk about that a little more next week, but today... Just know this, when it comes to the word of God, it comes to the heart. Two people can hear a message. One can embrace it and believe. And the other can go away hardened and not believe. Same things were said, same emotion, same person, same space. Two different responses. Now get this, these who walk away didn't just hear They didn't just hear a message or hear something happened. They actually saw it with their own eyes. And then they go off and tell the Pharisees. Why would they not believe if they saw it with their own eyes? Here's why. Hardness of heart. Hardness of the human heart. It's the hardness of the human heart that resists and even rejects the idea of an outside will ruling over them. People can walk with the Lord for a time because people are different. And uh, some have the submissive kind of personality. They go, you know what? I like this. This is moral. This is good. This is the way I see it. And so they'll embrace it. And early on, they look great. But then the Lord, the word of God, life, begins to challenge some of the things they hold dearly to. And now you have a choice to make. And that is, do you believe the Lord and his word? Or are you going to say, look, I'm not in for this. Men have become pastors, ministry leaders, involved in big ways, evangelists, and hit this brick wall where they have a choice to make. And they hit it and they go, look, if This is what Jesus is about. I'm not in. And that's why it's so hard for us to tell. All we can really do is make sure that we treat those who look like believers. We have to take them at their word. But when they act like unbelievers or they deny the scriptures, we need to treat them like that too. Like the word of God says this, but you're doing that. Well, if that's what the Lord wants, if that's what church is about, then I don't need it. And so we study the scriptures Because we want to find out what the will of God is, what His heart is, if you care at all about that. The children of Israel, God's own people, saw the Red Sea part. They saw it part. And then it was passed down to all the generations. They saw the water come from the rock. Some of them enjoyed that water. They saw the pillar of cloud leading them. And yet they still found it in them to rebel. Why? Here's why. The scripture tells us why. Because they hardened their heart. They said, I don't want that. I don't want to hear that. I don't want it to be that way. And so I'm out. I don't want to do it. You know, every Christian understands. We all experience thickness of heart, stubbornness of head. You know, we come to a place where something was never sinned before, and then all of a sudden, as we get closer and closer to the Lord, we realize, but even though it's not really bad, it stumbles others, and it stumbles me, and it... And so now I see it, I need to call it what it is, it's sin, sin for me, and we have to deal with it. And it's in these places where individuals have to make choices. Do they believe in the Lord? Or do they only really like him a lot as long as he says things like, I'll fix your life, I'll bless you, I'll do this, you'll have heaven, I'll be an insurance policy. We're all challenged as we grow. But the more you grow, the closer to him you are, the more you've lost and given up from the world, the easier it is to continue to hold to him. Even though the challenges are greater. It's like the closer we get to him, the more secure we are. So the best thing for us all to do is to get as close to Him as we possibly
0: can. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second part of today's message. So be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Building on the Solid Rock, we invite you to visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. Pastor Troy has been teaching verse by verse through the Bible, and you can listen online to our archive of these messages. You can also download each teaching to listen to later, or share with your friends and family. You can even subscribe to Building on the Solid Rock podcast through iTunes. That way, you'll never miss a teaching, and you'll be notified as soon as we make these messages available. Find a link to subscribe when you visit buildingontheSolidRock.com. Now, here's Pastor Troy with the continuation of today's message. Now, notice
1: this group. Didn't just not believe but they went to the Pharisees and they basically said you won't believe what we saw this man do This is what he did And you want to talk about hardened hearts The Pharisees the religious leaders haven't been moved by a miracle yet Do you remember the last miracle we saw was the blind man being healed he went over and talked to the Pharisees They were like well who healed you It was the Sabbath this can't be the Lord this can't be God and ultimately, they tried to get him to confess maybe it wasn't Jesus or Jesus wasn't from God, and he wouldn't do that. He said, look, I was blind. Now I see you. that man did it. And so what did they do? They kicked him out. Get out of the church. You're not even among us anymore because their hearts were hardened. There's a hardening effect. Now, a mark of this division was this. Those who believed, they gathered, and they wanted to gather But those who did not believe, they scattered. They didn't want to be around. And as a result, they caused scattering and dissension from Christ. In Luke chapter 11, verse 23, Jesus said, He who is not with me is against me. And he who does not gather with me scatters. In other words, if you're not part of the building process, you're working against the building process. There is no in-between. There are no fence-sitters. One of the things that we would love to do is see more people giving their life to the Lord right here in this place amongst us. So one of the easy ways to minister, if you can't go with us on a Go Ye outreach or something like that, or go with the Go Ye team when they go out, is invite people to church. It's a lost art, but it's still acceptable. Invite them or when we have the movie night, and we're going to be showing, I can only imagine, maybe it's a movie they hadn't seen before. Bring them around some Christians, let them see the movie, and maybe God will stir up conversation, or at least water them a little bit. That's what we do these things for, not just to hang out, because our desire to see people saved, and then our emphasis here at this church is to see people grow in the Lord grow in knowledge of his word so we're not flaky and flopping and all over the place, and so that we're growing and more devoted and committed to him, closer and closer to him. So we want to be part of the building process, not working against it. So Jesus causes a division. Some rejoice, others leave. Look at verse 47. Then the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered a council and said, What shall we do? "'For this man works many signs. "'If we let him alone like this, everyone will believe in him, "'and the Romans will come and take away "'both our place and nation. "'One of them, Caiaphas, being high priest that year, "'said to them, you know nothing at all, "'nor do you consider that it is expedient for us "'that one man should die for the people, "'and not that the whole nation should perish. "'Now this he did not say on his own authority,' But being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not for that nation only, but also that he would gather together in one the children of God who were scattered abroad. Second, let's consider how Jesus stirs discussion. You just mention his name, and you'll have some discussion. Some of them very short, but you'll have some discussion. We see two discussions. Verses 47 through 50, there's a leadership meeting. Uh, The elite elders of the Jewish religion. And then verses 55 through 57, there's a discussion in the streets at Jerusalem about Jesus. They're all discussing Jesus. What do we do with him? How do we respond to what we saw and heard? For the religious leaders, they're frustrated because Jesus they feel is misleading the people, they're losing grip of the nation. Because of this Jesus, and now the people are confused. They're lost. They could lose God altogether, and so they're concerned. Really, they're concerned about themselves and their grip on the people because Jesus is pulling them away from all of their uh, extra rules and authority. Well, the overwhelming idea is this. Jesus, he's got to die. He's got to be gone. He's got to be done away with, and here's the consensus by Caiaphas. Caiaphas. It's better that one man perish and die, get rid of him, even though he's not a bad man necessarily. It's better that he dies and we get rid of him than the whole nation perish because of him. That's what Caiaphas is proposing. You guys are not thinking clearly. This is what needs to happen. Then John notes about that statement. He He didn't say this on his own authority, but it was rather predictive. Now, he's not saying that he knowingly prophesied. I am prophesying. No, he said something for evil. But what John is saying, what he said is true, though. It's very prophetic. They're words from God himself. The one is going to die for the many, but not only this group of many, but for all who would believe. Notice that the Sadducees and Pharisees are working together here. They're on the same page, which doesn't really happen. Uh, they finally have something to agree on. Do you know how hard it is right now for us to get Republicans and Democrats to agree? It's to our shame, really, um, because it doesn't seem anyone wants what's right, but one side will say one thing and the other side will not want it at all. Doesn't matter. If it's good, right, helpful, doesn't matter. They just don't want the other side to win. Well, you could say that that was like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Getting them to agree was almost impossible, and they saw things very differently. And yet, here they are, talking about something very significant, getting rid of someone, and they're all together. They're united. The bottom line for them is this. This is what draws them together. They don't want Jesus to get in the way of their own political, religious, and personal interests. They have their own agendas, their own political, religious, and personal agendas. They don't want Jesus messing with. And so they're going to get in agreement. At least we've been used to fighting each other. We got our pack of people. You got your pack. And that's okay. But this guy's like taking all of them. So we got to get rid of him. We got to side together and get rid of him. It's a lot like the world. Nothing unifies the world like Jesus, and I don't mean in a good way, but in a let's-get-rid-of-him kind of a way. Newsflash, people will even use Jesus like these guys are going to do to move their own agendas. Politicians do it all the time. You would know they're a Christian until they're going to try to get that base, until they're going to try to get that group. Christ died for people. He was love, love, love. You know, they misquote. They say they can't say what scripture it is. and it, It's in the Bible somewhere. They don't know the Bible. But they're trying to hit a certain target, a certain audience. And all of a sudden, there you go. Christians. Christians, we also have a tendency to use the Lord to stop people from convicting us. And what we do is we'll pull out the God said card. So we can look at somebody and, and they're doing certain things and we go, man, this doesn't look like the, fra- it doesn't smell like the fragrance of Christ here. I mean, there's some bad things. It doesn't look like it's the Lord. Some red flags. And so you try to tell them, hey, this isn't from God. This isn't the Lord. This isn't the right attitude. This isn't. And they'll go, "Well, I'm just doing what God said. So they trump you. They trump you by saying, God said. What can you say to them after that? Nothing, because God said. Got to be careful with that card. Even the scripture says, don't say that. Rather say, if it's the Lord's will. Like, I think it is, I believe it is, that's why I'm going this direction but I am not the one who decides whether it really was or not. God does. And so I'm going to do it because I believe it's him. But when I see certain things like doors closing or, hey, we're starting to do things that are very on the edge of what's right and wrong, then you got to start going, maybe it's not the Lord. If it is, then I should be able to do things the right way, and it will happen. Because if i got to start doing things the wrong way, To get it to happen, maybe it's not the Lord. So, people use the Lord all the time to kind of get people to get off their back, to hold on to things they want to hold on to. Girls, you got to be careful too. There's some crazy guys out there. God put you on my heart. God said, I'm supposed to marry you. Don't ever let God tell the guy first that you're supposed to marry him. Don't ever let that happen. God's going to be speaking to your heart. Because there are some strange people out there who claim to hear from God. And I I don't know what God they're hearing from, but it's not the God of the Bible. It's not the one true and living God. So we've just got to be very careful. Make sure you are following the Lord. If you follow the Lord with all of your heart, doing things the right way, then uh, you'll be safe. The righteous run into the Lord. The name of the Lord is a a strong tower, righteous tower. The righteous run into and we are safe. You do things right, you follow the Lord, and you won't go wrong. And you won't be misled, even by religious people. So that's why
0: one of the focuses for us is to teach the Bible. Pastor Troy has been teaching through the Gospel of John here on Building on the Solid Rock. Different than other gospel books, John introduces his book by going further back than when Jesus was born as a baby. He delved into the very nature of God and solidified throughout his writing that Jesus was the Son of God. This backdrop gives you a different insight into Jesus as a man as he lived here on Earth. It's no wonder that the book of John includes so many miracles, because it's evidence that only God could do such things. If you're curious to hear more of the teachings from this book, visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can listen online or download the message to share with others. If you've been encouraged by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email through our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Troy next time as he continues in the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock.
1: Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in him. Come have Come have your way in us.